0: Global Uprising report February 16, 2020. Mona uprising since October 7. 2014 to present, with a permanent occupation of an independent donation-based tent village at the base of Mauna Kea, elevation 9,000 feet. The five-year ongoing protests erupted from the unwillingness of TMT 30-meter telescope project architects to listen to the voices of Native Hawaiians while using improper construction permits without proper environmental impact studies. Native Hawaiians want to make sure the world knows they do not object to science, and it's not about culture versus science. It's about reminding people that science is not above all especially at the expense of the soul of a people and sacred indigenous culture. The protectors are saying to not stop science, but to do science better. That science involves much more than what you are studying. It affects the people, the community, and the soul of the land around you. Native Hawaiians are asking that the already existing telescopes are decommissioned and the land is returned back to its original state." A quote from Kaneokana, one of the sources of this information, says: quote, "One does not forget the earth, one that is not built on the bones of our culture and sacred sites. We urge you to all listen so we can all benefit from better science. End quote. British Columbia, Canada, uprising since February 7, 2020 to present. Protesters have made great strides in urging the Canadian government to listen to the Indigenous communities standing up. Against the pipelines that are proposed to be built by force on unceded Wet'suwet'en and Unistotten land. Protesters have shut Canada down by occupying the railways, halting all cross country by rail commerce. Demonstrations are ongoing and getting more strong and powerful in its global impact by the day. Bogota, Colombia, uprising since November 21st, 2019 to present. On February 13, 2020, according to Redfish, Colombian riot police and students violently clashed hours before the nationwide 72-hour armed, in quotes, strike called for by the left-wing guerrilla army, the ELN, also known as the National Liberation Army, which has been active since 1964 and is estimated to have somewhere around 3,000 members. In October 2004, the European Union added the ELN To its list of terrorist organizations for its history of ransom, kidnappings, and armed attacks on Colombia's infrastructure and its breaches of humanitarian law. This concludes our weekly Global Uprising Report, part two of our two-part series, Decolonizing the White Woman Mind, with Courtney Jessup Nichols, begins now. The everyday racism that BIPOC experience, how can we communicate with white people in a way that protects us that um, is a modern way of facing the um, the everyday racism that we experience? Because we're not quiet anymore. We're not taking it. We're not taking it anymore. And more and more white people are starting to realize that and have almost become emboldened by it. Like they challenge BIPOC to, um, you know, almost like a, a dueling match of wills, so to say, over who has the power in the room And uh, what do you think would be an equalizer, I guess, more than anything uh, to level that conversation so that it just shuts the whole room up? Is there anything that you've experienced uh, working in this field that really grips white people when said by somebody um, of color? to shut down that conversation right it's a big one huh
1: (laughs) it is a big one and I, I wish that I had an answer for it I don't think unfortunately that it's even even though white people have proven through their interactions that their textbook responses Are there I don't think there's a textbook way to get through to them and Mm. um, I have had to this last weekend talking to a white southern Trump supporter um, I actually had in order to get around to the guts and glory of the conversation I had to stop talking about racism for a second and start talking about the rollback of the EPA and protection of our waterways. Hmm. I said, okay, buddy. And this kind of goes back to Courtney and Common and what we'll talk about. The one thing we have in common is our planet. Hmm. And if we can't get together for that, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I looked at him. I'm like, look, dude, the empire is falling. The empire is going to fall. What side of history do you want to be on? That's where we are right now. The, it, uh, very soon, white people will be outnumbered. Mm-hmm. Well, are you going to be a white person that fights for white privilege until you die? Or are you going to recognize that you actually need to fight for it to die?
0: Wow, there it is. That's the medicine.
1: But you have to n- see it in order to, to s- what you can't see, you don't see. So I, and what you don't see, you can't see. I didn't, I didn't see people of color in my life until I was 19. And then it was an ebb and flow. And it kind of came and went in my life. And, and you grew up in America. In this country. But I had no yeah. personal experience with anyone of color except for the perimeter of the country club until I was nineteen. I had I think a couple of kids at school, yeah, but I, I don't they were only there for a couple of years and I can't imagine what that must have been like for them.
0: I know, I mean, I I think that, you know, people that that listen to this podcast uh, that are from different countries you know that hearing that would be almost like what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know, in in a, on a global view, America is a it's a melting pot of cultures, and to hear an American say that I didn't see uh, any BIPOC people that are on equal footing. As I am until I was nineteen, meaning you didn't see anybody of color until you were in college until you were all in college together
1: right they were that um, we had two kids out of five hundred in our high school, and they were um with we three with three kids wow. out of five hundred yeah, well, it was a kindergarten through twelfth grade private school actually, and they were three right and that still happens yeah. oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely I mean. Um, And the country club that I grew up in, and I know I say that, and my friend friend who's actually our producer, he's African-American, he's like, I do not understand the concept of a country club. I'm like, no, you don't, and it's just gross, and you don't want to. Because he assumed that if you had enough money, (laughs) well, his assumption was that if you had enough money that you could get in, and I'm like, absolutely not. That is not how it works. In the South, you have to be sponsored in. Well, how do you get sponsored in if – you can't get a job at any like you know what I mean. That makes sense if you can't go up. So it's um right. Yeah, I didn't have. I mean, I had a couple, a handful, not even three. I had three people of color that went to my all white private school, um, but there was still a disconnect because we didn't talk about their history and everything uh, until I was nineteen. And then it took twenty more years yeah. to kind of clear that out of my head, and it's still there. That's the thing i want I want white people to accept and then dismantle in their own mind, and that's kind of what you know what you do and and for me anyhow, when I read all the things that your wonderful people are posting on your Facebook page and listen to your podcast, um I still have these brainwashed ideas in my head sometimes and I have to and I still will say things and I'm like oh wait that I that that's not what I meant that's not at all what I meant I didn't mean to say that that's not how I feel so you have to it's an active thing you have to continually listen and I think that's why white people don't want to do it because they it's a lot of work to dismantle miseducation for your entire life but right. again, what side of history are you going to be on and right i yeah i mean when
0: when faced with the when faced with the idea of challenging everything one was taught to believe i mean that it that's literally shifting brain waves it's crazy making to recognize and realize that one's whole life has been centered about around whiteness and while keeping people of color marginalized mm-hmm. in full view and has gone unquestioned and unchallenged and by the mainstream for so long mm-hmm. uh, and, and and coming to terms with that reality is is a big big deal especially when that reality is uh, the default whiteness yeah I think one of the things that happened with the Super Bowl and one of the pushbacks from the Super Bowl wasn't that it was um two latina women that were up there amazing being badasses yeah. being amazing, amazing and they're
1: halftime
0: show they saying, uh-huh. right and they're both they look amazing and i think it it you know one of the things that i recognized seeing all of the pushback from mostly white women um about the super bowl is that the default Beauty isn't whiteness. It's not. And and that's in the Super Bowl, having the Super Bowl and having that, that the default beauty in the Super Bowl is of uh, Latina and her, you know, the way that that Latinas look at a certain age and you know we we all know that if there's melanin present in that in the body you know aging takes a different is a different journey mm. than people than white women and um you know 50 years old for a, a Latina woman a Puerto Rican woman looks 30 Lucky, years old. <laughs> and you uh-huh, know my skin's so, gonna dry up and fall you, off so thanks Mm -hmm. but that that default to white beauty got blown up Mm -hmm. big time Mm -hmm. this week and that pushback is uh it's it to me it stems from the loss of that you know another thing that has been lost um When whiteness is starting the default to whiteness is starting to be challenged in uh, in the mainstream and in in mainstream conversation where uh, it is no longer the ultimate beauty. Mm -hmm. You know, there are other there are other countries that are celebrated and have beautiful people that aren't um, that aren't white. And it really triggered a lot of white women. They freak (laughs) out. I
1: mean. (laughs) I loved it. I, did I didn't it. even know, honestly, there was pushback. Because my computer's broken, so I'm like barely hanging on by a thread sometimes, it seems, with like oh, what's happening in the world. Man. I didn't even know there was pushback. That was the most amazing halftime yeah. show I've ever seen. I was in this bar. I was the only one dancing. I'm like, I don't understand how anybody's sitting down right now, but whatever. And uh, I had, I didn't see anything negative at that at all. And I think that that's, there's a fear. There's a fear in white people that if other people come up that um that they're going to they're going to take our jobs and they're going to take our land and and I, I know I know what this says. I know what I'm saying right now. Okay. I know that we in fact did not own this land. This is not ours. We actually did all these things first. Right. Um but there's a fear and that fear is supported by uh our administration that fear has been and and fox news and um brett bart media whatever that group is they are fear mongering on white people to say that if someone else is at your same level that that means that you are going to go lower down
0: that's wow that is so toxic yeah
1: So they're fighting to stay at the top when honestly, Tanya, it's not going to happen. It is the empire will fall. How much bloodshed it is. It's falling. I want it to fall, right? I don't want this to be the world that my children grow up in where they can be mediocre and get a job just because they're white. Don't be mediocre. If you You know, or do something that you're good at. You know what I mean? Like if you're not, Mm -hmm. but, but, but the empire must come down and it is coming down. How much bloodshed do we have to go through to get there? How many other white guys with guns are going to go out and kill mass amounts of people at a country concert, right? Like how many, how many times is a white person going to go into a school and shoot it before we realize that the problem is not the people of color telling us that there's a problem. The problem is within us because when you are at the top, and what is, someone just told me this, and this is not his words, and I don't know who this is, and I meant to look it up before this call, but I forgot. Equality Hmm. feels like oppression to the powerful. Wow. And I got to figure out who said that. That's a gem um because it's important that that person gets credit for that but that's what it feels like right now to a lot of people they feel like they're being attacked because for the first time in their life someone is, they're actually hearing it so even even if a white woman is saying i'm a nice person blah blah, blah you are getting into their skin mm. by saying what you're saying by continually saying what you're saying, by posting stuff on Facebook, by posting, by talking to your friends, by saying, hey, did you see this article about this young child who has been incarcerated because he was, you know, accused of doing something and then they found out that he didn't, but now he can't get out? You know, I mean, like there's all these stories. Like, talk to your people. I'm talking to my people. Right. My- but it has, it, 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 it is, it's coming down. It's coming down. And I believe. I believe in the hearts and souls of people that look like me because they are my people, Tanya. It's who I grew up around. I can't look at all of them and say they're bad people unless after we've had these conversations, after I brought this stuff to them, they continue to say, they continue to do the things that they do, right? Like at that point, then I'm judging you as an individual. But until then, I'm giving you a shot. Um, mm. We've had... And I believe that if more white people come up and, and read the book, White Fragility, that is a white woman talking about racism. There is a part in that book, really systemic racism, the gravity of it all, I don't think I saw in the same light until I read that book. Hmm. I saw it on like a personal level on like a, I live in you know my home in North Carolina, Where Mm -hmm. I saw the separation, Um, I saw it on an individual level talking to my friends, but I didn't think about it as a business perspective. And that's when Mm -hmm. I started to see all the whiteness. And I think that when people say they don't see color, they need to see the whiteness in their world, and they need to do what they can to change it. If you have never had a black person sit at your table, you are the problem. If you have never invited a child of color into your home, you are the problem. You have to see this. You have to see that you haven't done these things. Not blaming you for not doing these things until you hear this message. And then if you continue not to do these things, now I blame you.
0: Wow. Another uh, book, I believe Matt Meyer um, wrote it, and he's a civil rights activist from the 60s. And he wrote a book called White Lives matter most ooh, and oh i mean it's just a little it's just a little buck it's not it's not like that many pages and i mean it's but man is it pack a powerful punch and it is chock full of gems of you know when people you know when the white lie when black lives mattered and then all of a sudden you know white lives and and blue lives matter mm. more
1: all lives matter you know and, that one. Mm-hmm.
0: and the all lives matter and all of that stuff and so he really breaks that down and opens it up to the full rawness uh, to see you know that that you know those how those narratives come into play and people don't even question them but what they really mean what what the root of them are what they really are saying when they uh when somebody says all lives matter to respond to black lives matter yeah so i got into an argument
1: with my parents about that um wow uh, because my sister had a shirt that said form matters it was about pilates and i said hey i don't really love that shirt and she said, why not? And I said, well, because it's, it makes me think black lives matter. It makes me think they took something and made it, you know, a kitschy title. And she was like, right. oh my gosh, I never thought about that. I'm like, yeah. So she doesn't wear the shirt anymore. But my mom at that time, God, I hate to say, it, talk, talk, hate, you know, it's sad to talk about your parents, right? It's sad to talk about them in any negative right. light. But she said, well, I think all lives matter. And I looked at her. Bless her heart. Uh We all know what that means. I know what that means. Uh, And I said, Mom, I'm not talking about all lives. (laughs) I'm not talking about your grandchildren who walk freely in this country without fear of being pulled over just because they're in their own neighborhood and they look brown. Like, that's not... Come on, Mom. Yeah. All lives matter. Absolutely. Everybody on this planet deserves to be here. But when your people are responsible for the destruction of the lives of others, you have to recognize that. And you have to put other people's lives... You have to give that emphasis to them because they've never had it. And still don't. Still don't. They're still not safety. They're still not, I think it, it's it's wonderful when I see that there are dolls that are being made that look um, not just darker skin tone, but that the doll's faces have attributes that are not white attributes and darker skin tone. That's exciting because I look at kids and I think, you know, this is your world, right? This is your world that we're destroying. This is your world that we're fighting over, and at least there's these small things that are happening that give me hope that it will change and that a young girl can go into a store and get a doll that looks like her.
0: Yeah, and that's important. Representation is everything. I mean, like what you were saying earlier, the default to whiteness is uh, consistent mm-hmm. and present and when there is representation it it changes the game it 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 uplifts self-esteem it it you know brings a level of equality that is not present when it's uh, the default is to whiteness in a country where whiteness isn't even native nope <laughs>
1: <laughs> the,
0: well, whiteness, whiteness may be native into this country because it was created here.
1: Mm. I believe
0: that 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 whiteness, the mentality of whiteness, was created here. So while native to this land, no, but the narrative, concept. that mentality, the concept of whiteness, uh, was created in the united states to um to 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 flip a a a, a, to to bring imbalance to that settler colonialism that came in um you know so that they can dominate right the people that were here you know so that whiteness had to be created as as a justification for such behavior and treatment which to me was um, when the Spanish colonialists uh, came into the Caribbean the Spanish and the French and the Portuguese um, you know pre pre-contact in the United States but uh, were in the Caribbean and they had been colonizing for 200 years before Hernando De Soto stepped foot in in, in Tampa and uh, went up through Florida and Georgia and Alabama and um, into North Carolina and then went across the Appalachians and went to the um, to the Mississippi River where he ended up dying. And the, he brought 600 people with him, one of them a Taino Cacique, a chief. Um, and, you know, that that 200 years of colonizing and and the the Spanish colonization of the United States practically a hundred years before uh, any English <laughs> pilgrim <laughs> stepped foot on this land um, that behavior that uh, real hardcore um, dominating behavior I think Maybe the Spanish had influence in bringing that colonial brutality to treat people so inhumanely because they had been doing it for so long. It had become cultural by then, by the time any English began to colonize uh, Turtle Island. It had already been a thing.
1: So Um, any so fast forward to 1970, mm-hmm. anything, 19, anything, really. So now, right, that's been a thing for so long that, right. and and then the education, the history is taken out of your books. The yep. um, you're never introduced to someone who is economically really an equal, um, and you don't have any reason to question your reality to question your right. life. So, right. And then 40 years go by and now people are saying well, wake up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and I trying to shake I'm trying to shake the people that look like me and say, "Listen, I am uh-huh. I am arguably arguably I represent the most dangerous person in this country." Now, I know I've, mm. got, I've gone back and forth, and I think that I represent half of the most dangerous person in this country, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, but white women got Trump elected. White mm. women blindly following this narrative of whiteness being what it is. I, I believe that we can get to them by, by getting to their souls and their hearts and, and the eyes of children. Children are what changed my mind and really Mm. made me realize that I need to be active in this fight, not just sit back and learn about it, but do what I can to, to also get other white people to see what I now cannot unsee. And that is the systemic white supremacy and racism in this country as you know, like every time I talk to my friends of color, they're like, oh my God, you just learned mm. something new that I've known for 50 years. I'm like, I know, sorry. Uh, mm. But that I'm still learning, I'm still learning new things. I don't think I even right. thought about DeSoto. I mean, I, I knew that that was a thing, but like, I didn't think about that history of it. Um, right. Somebody reminded me, I met a, he, his own words, he said, I'm a black Republican. And I said, well, that's interesting. He said, "What does that say to you?" I said, "I'm confused by it." And he said, <laughs> um, "He said, well, remember?" And I'd forgotten that blacks were Republicans when they were first freed, quote unquote, freed. Um, mm. And I thought, okay, so there, you know, there's all these things to unpack and to get into and to figure out, and you're going to be inundated with new information or old information that you forgot, and it's overwhelming at times, and you, you. It's so easy, it's so easy, Tanya, for a white person to look at the problem of the world and say, it doesn't directly affect me, I'm going to turn my back. And I'm just going to keep going, doing what I'm doing. I'm just going to, because their lives are, they're tired. They also have small kids, right? Small kids bring everybody down. (laughs) <laughs> but, but if you, because wow, it's yeah. exhausting. It's just, you're, you're they, it, yeah. you're, they need you. So you're needed elsewhere. And so to turn your back and just say, you know what, it doesn't affect me. So I'm not going to do it. And I even had, I have to be honest, I had a moment like that about six months ago where I said, I'm just not getting what I, this, this show isn't doing what I want it to do. Um, we actually lost a hundred downloads when we did our three part series on ending racism. So that was really disheartening. Um,
0: but wow, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we've never fully recovered. But I think what I realized is this I believe, like I said, in the hearts of white people, I think that they will listen to the story if they know what to expect, if they know what they're coming to. Right? I think that the bait and switch of 40 AF just threw them off. So I think Courtney and Common, I can hopefully share commonalities through the stories of others. And I also want to say this because I think this is important. You mentioned philanthropies and and, thing, and nonprofits. This is going to be a philanthropic venture. I don't know how it, that's going to look. Um, I did not develop capitalism, but I live in a society I have to make, you know I have to pay for my time to be able to put the time and energy into this but I want to mm. make this uh something to give back to the people who have been unjustly treated. I, I just don't know how to do it yet or what that looks like, but I want to be as transparent as possible. But I want to give back. Well, that's a good thing. I have to. I'm not yeah. I can't not going to make be rich off of off of this. I, I can't be that white person, right? Then I'm no better. Mm. Right?
0: I mean, so I'm big. never going
1: to come out looking great here, right? Like that's that's okay. It's not. Um, I I want white people to see that it's okay to not look great here. We're not going to look great mm. here. I am the villain in this story. I rep. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that. I represent the villain in this story. I. Mm. That we are, we have to just say that. We have to just see that and say, there's nothing I can do to rectify that, right? I can't make that not the story. Mm. But I can do whatever I can to try to close the book and start a new one. Right. Um, and and that's a messy process because you're going to make mistakes and you're going to say stuff and you're going to offend people. I I am constantly thinking about what I've just said and if it could be offensive. And that can be tiring. And my friend uh, right. who yelled at me and told me that white women need to do this, um, she didn't yell at me. It's not fair. She told me very sternly <laughs> from a loving place <laughs> I got to get my people off their asses. Um, but... She, she said, don't want you to get tired from, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. I'm like, but I have to be because, and she's my friend. So she just is seeing me as a mm. human and saying, please don't be hard on yourself because I love you and I know your heart. But I have to be hard on myself and I have to be hypervigilant because I was brainwashed for my entire life. So I've got so much misinformation and purposeful miseducation that I have to recognize. And nobody else can see that. Nobody else but me in a conversation can, can hear what's happening in my brain and trying to push out the stuff that I know doesn't really exist and that shouldn't be there. But for 42 years, well, that's not true. For 40 years, 38 years, I didn't unpack everything that I had learned. And so it's a mm. it's a long journey ladies. It is a long tiring but important and we journey and we cannot stop doing it. We have to. And I I think we're getting more and more, right? I see all these wonderful people posting stuff on your page and I see them shut down sometimes. And I'm like, that's why I don't say anything. (laughs) But um Mm -hmm. but you know I think that Mm -hmm. they're afraid. There's a lot of fear in women that want to come forward and do work because they're like, oh I don't want to step on anybody's toes. And that's what you can't do. If you upset somebody, all you can do is say, oh my gosh, I am so sorry that I used that phrase, age-appropriate. But thank the people that are trying to teach you that that's not the right way to go, right? Like, I'm not angry at my friend. I'm sad that I said something that upset her, but I'm listening to her, Mm. and I'm not trying to deflect. I'm not trying to blame. I'm not blaming anyone else but myself for using that terminology and for not knowing any better. The only person... But but I'm thankful that she taught me. So listen, dismantle miseducation. You weren't taught the truth. I wasn't ever taught the truth.
0: Wow. When I was
1: a kid. Well,:
0: Wow, Well, I think that that is um, a really powerful way to um, wrap up. OK this podcast because that is, that's huge. You know, do everything you can to dismantle and uh, learn the truth, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, learn, you know, retrain the mind to see the reality and not what was sugar-coated. Whitewashed. Mm -hmm. Brain, whitewashed, brainwashing material or propaganda to maintain a narrative that is destructive at its core Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow Mm -hmm. that's so big wow thank you thank you for your time today really there's been so much amazing information in this podcast and and i look forward to the uh reviews of what people say about um this podcast and uh which uh which brings us out to the gdi uh shout out and what uh you know i I offer you the gdi shout out and the coco tasa so who does the gdi shout out of the week go to courtney
1: well i would like to give can i get two shout outs
0: sure Fancy. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, one is uh, me.. <laughs> I just want to say for people, if anyone's interested in the work that I'm trying to do, uh, to hear or be a part of it, um, Courtney in Common is going to be launched at the beginning of March, and I really do believe that uh, I have no other choice. In the matter, after listening and learning from wonderful people like you, Tanya, and hearing how different your experience in this world, I don't have a choice. Mm. Um, it's not, you, you don't have the choice when you see that you have to do the right thing. Right. This is the right thing to do. And um, it, is dis- it is disturbing. And I hate it that white people won't hear the messages that you're saying. And as you've even said yourself, in your own experience. Mm. And I don't get that because, um, well, I guess I do. I mean, when you grow up in it, you don't see it, you don't hear it. But I'm going to try my best to present what I've learned through the stories of others. And I hope that people will join us and, be in, and give us their feedback as well. So Courtney in Common releases on all the podcasting apps in March. But the shout out that's not personal. <laughs> um, I'm really excited, right? Like this is going to be great. I'm so, I'm so excited and I'm going to see what I can do to change up the n- language that you could be on. Cause I really would love to have you on the show. Um, <laughs> Thank you. you're you just so amazing. Thank oh, you. <laughs> uh, I feel so honored to be in this space with you. So, and then, um, but the shout out that is not me is a group called Learn with Cure, and it's the coalition, of course, I just ended i trying to get back into my computer, well, my not my computer, but my phone since I can't get to my computer there it is right there. Learn with cure talking about talk about race and racism is uncomfortable so that's what they're good doing. they're the coalition for understanding racism through education mm-hmm. um, they are doing some great things and uh you can look at find them at learnwithcure.com, but I think they're great. And then the can you say what you just said? What's the asshole? What's the, the cocoa tasso
0: of the week goes to
1: Donald J. Trump. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> for basically rolling black, back any protection um for our planet and for tweeting every 30 seconds some (laughs) stupid shit like i just can't get behind that guy like ugh. um but i i believe i believe that he brought this to the forefront and i think that we needed to see it to take it down yeah for as white people I don't think white people saw that racism was still alive and well because it doesn't affect us until a man like that got into power, and then we went, "Oh shit!" Bubba still still is out there,
0: right?
1: And Bubba and his wife are voting, mm. um, and that we we i I've, I've got to try to get to her. I've got to try to separate her from him. And to let her see that children are dying, children are in cages. Take away the adults out of it right if you can't if you can't get under if you can't get behind that racism is a thing, look into the eyes of a child who is more likely to die because of the color of their skin and and then tell me that same thing
0: right like i I would like to I would like to use this point in the in this, in this podcast to uh, make an all call to all the white women in the United States to stand up and uh, revolution together to shut down those very racist uh, child concentration camps that are happening mm-hmm. uh, on this land. If all the white women rose up and said, Enough. We have had enough. We're mothers, mm-hmm. we're daughters, mm-hmm. and you can't be doing that to children. Stop it.
1: Mm-hmm. They're babies.
0: You know, they're babies.
1: And, and I saw trauma. that the youngest child, yeah,
0: 14, not even 14 months old, like mm-hmm. taken from their mother, an infant, an infant taken from their mother. Uh, it's it's baffling how how you know the the white women of this country aren't absolutely standing up and rallying up together like wild women like rabid wild women tearing down those chain linked fences that are holding those children inside those concentration camps. I don't understand how that is um, not happening.
1: Add on either. Um, but let's talk about it. I think that, I think we have to, like, it's, it's a dehumanization of people. We are treating children like they don't matter. And if you could just picture your kid, first off, first off, picture the fact that you have to escape your country out of fear of death. Then you get to another country and then your child is ripped away from you right i I, yeah. I can't there's it's, no words for that i that's never yeah. going to be my life that doesn't that which means it is my responsibility to make sure that that's not someone else's life
0: right like how how come it's happening on on the watch of the white women <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> like how come it, it's like not on my watch, but it's happening every that's you why know? that's and why i am our argu- arguably represent mm. the worst person in our in this country and that is emmett till happened on our watch and because mm. of because someone sat back and didn't stop something from happening right white women white women took their children to lynchings white women have become an extension of white men. We have got to separate from that. Again, I'm not hating on white men, right? Like you're mm. married to a white guy. I'm not, I love my, my mm. husband's white. I, I, I don't have any, it's not that, but we, but we have to be, we have to separate and see ourselves. Yes, we're mothers. Yes, we're wives, but we are, we are hearts and souls of people. And we have the responsibility, and quite honestly, we have the voice that we're not using to help others. Right, and it's—I don't know. I'm almost, I, I don't know. I'm sorry, I got kind of carried yeah. away. I just—I'm I'm glad you. Of, no, I can't think no, about I mean, like the, and not it, get carried away.
0: Right. I mean, it is important. And I think when placed in this context, where it is passionate, it is heartfelt, it is something that a lot of us are wondering, you know, the normal or or typical colorblind white woman may go, well, that's not my responsibility until it happens to her. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why wait until it happens to you for it to be legitimate? for you to do something about it Mm -hmm. why not do something about it so it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. to you Mm -hmm. directly you you know and so I think that 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 you know once that hurdle is revealed for what it is which is fear of mm -hmm. how it looks that whole that whole fear of how it looks what are they gonna think how is it gonna look what is my family going to think of me? They're going to hate me. Once that is out of the way and, and I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks, this is wrong and I'm not going to let it happen mm-hmm. anymore. When that empowerment comes in. And I think great change can happen um, when when the white women finally get together. And instead of centering their own voices, center the voices of uh, the BIPOC that they have gone on for so long, not hearing,
1: not hearing and silencing. It's not, we've taken it a step further. We've done everything we can to quiet the truth and to quiet your voice and the voices of others like you. And that Mm. realization, um, there's just no argument there, right? There's nothing to like, that's the truth. That's what we've done. We've written the books. Mm. We wrote the newspapers. We, took out all the bad stuff i think that's what's happening with these with these in concentration camps we have going on in our own country it's it's or internment camps whatever they're called the um god i'm so i can't i still can't think I, i'm still thinking about that 14 when you said they're concentration
0: camps yeah they're they're concentration camps i mean there's ice boxes there's death mm that happens there's sexual abuse mm. there's um humiliation they are full-on
1: concentration camps and for we're children and we're not for children. for children and we're not hearing about the brutality of it we're still whitewashing the narrative right and besides being an investigative journalist what can we do to learn about the truth about what's happening down there
0: Mm, that's one of the things is that not a lot is being released. Mm-hmm. We only get little bits and pieces of what's really happening there. And that I would imagine not knowing a secret would be really disturbing for a white woman in this country <laughs> because there's a there's a it's none of my business. They know what they're doing to no, But wait, hold on a second. It is my business if there's children involved. hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. It is my business. It's my business and it's my responsibility. It mm-hmm. if we have if you know that you as a group have the power to change something, isn't that great? If we if white women really if we could come together and we have the power to make this world a better place, why are we not all doing that? Why are we still right. arguing the point? And it's because right. we have no collective experience with people that don't look like us and with true struggle and I'm only talking about people that Mm. I grew up with in my very very privileged existence right but that we got the money we have the money we have the means we have the ability we just have to hear the message and that's the hardest part
0: wow wow well thank you Thank Thank you for for all your powerful wisdoms and teachings and um, insights. Um, Wow. I think that that pretty much wraps it up Mm -hmm. in a in a in a very hard to miss (laughs) (laughs) bow with shiny wrapping paper Mm -hmm. that's like hey look here's your gift white women Mm -hmm. Um, now it's time to unwrap it and unpack it and do something
1: can I ask you a question and we can leave this in or take it out Mm -hmm. because I do have a question Um, sure something that I have been uh, grappling with is the um is the uh, I, I don't want to be seen and I don't really care what people think about me. I'm not really talking about but I don't want people to see this as me trying to be a white savior, right? I, I, mm. I hear that and I get that and I guess my question and I get varying answers from my friends when I've asked them so I'm just curious your perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that a white person can do in the fight for this that they can not be not come off as the I'm the great white hope.
0: Right. Well, that is, that has been, that has been the conundrum. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, we want white women to lead the charge for white women. Right. Mm-hmm. And um when leading the charge for white women, um, then that gives us, BIPOC, a chance to um, heal our own traumas without being re-traumatized by the white women and, and the the white people that have created the systems for those traumas to be inflicted without question or unchallenged Um, as far as holding uh, the idea of the white saviorism when white women are helping white women out of their brainwashed ingrained racism Mm -hmm. that isn't white Saviorism. Okay, right. When when white women get together and say, "Hey, look, uh, you know, I live in this country. Uh, I was brought to this country, and uh, I want to do my best to dismantle the systems of oppression that my ancestors built up. Mm-hmm. How can we work together to do that?" Right. Mm -hmm. And center the voices of BIPOC. So it's a collective effort instead of the one white person in the middle of all of the bubbles of BIPOC for a particular workshop talk or whatever. You know, I mean, it's being a part of instead of centering in when the focus becomes on what the white person's doing for X, Y, Z it becomes that white savior when the focus becomes the issue and everybody involved is a part of dismantling or bringing awareness to that issue it becomes a collective effort so it's oh, yeah Brilliant.
1: thank you because i really you know that's i think that's, yeah i hear a lot of people in this like just i know we gotta wrap this up but um I do when I talk to white people that has been when I when I can get them to see that is something um that they'll hear about or they've read, you know, this mm-hmm. they're and so it stops them in their tracks. It stops them from doing what they need to do because they don't want to be seen as somebody who's trying to become a white savior right. or who thinks that it can't be done without them or something like that. Right. Like, I'm not saying The system's going to be dismantled. It's happening. It's happening whether I say anything to anybody or not. But could it go faster if I also joined in the fight? Yeah,
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that's why we're calling for white women to stand up and join us. Because Mm -hmm. we've been fighting with white women for so long. White women have been trying to destroy and silence us, like you said, for so long. And it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, everybody, we need to put down our weapons (laughs) because we're at critical mass it is not serving anyone to be in battle right we need to get over that shit it's just fucking bullshit Mm
1: -hmm. it's
0: no longer acceptable to be in battle anymore that's that's an old that's an old behavioral whatever that that doesn't serve our modern world it's time to put down the weapons and join together because it's not, the way things are set up right now in this country is not serving anyone anymore. The only people that are being served right now are the the 1%, the ultra rich. Mm-hmm. And even even the, the white people in the middle class and in the upper middle class are, are being affected by how toxic these systems are. And now that the children that are in the schools, the white children are the majority minority. Mm-hmm. And so the, it has flipped. The tables have flipped. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of a, you know, in the next couple of decades where the people that are going to be in power are not going to reflect what it looks like today. Mm -hmm. And 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 there's a massive it's almost like people freaking out to maintain an outdated narrative that doesn't match the modern reality.
1: And I think there's some real delusion of it not being the inevitable end.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's already happened, though. I mean, like that delusion is going to be a rude wake up call. (laughs) (laughs) and Mm -hmm. um, that's the reality of it and so we're at a time right now where we can uh, continue to fight this um, imaginary war based on uh, propaganda and narrative or we can put down those arms and join together so it doesn't happen again. Mm -hmm. We don't do this to each other again as humans that we just stop it and we come together, and we we protect each other and the planet, and that becomes the most important thing in the room.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the one thing we have in common. Right. We all. I mean, we have a lot more in common than that, you and I, but I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. As a, as a whole world, the one thing we have in common is the planet that we're destroying. Yeah. And that... Again, the villain in the narrative, which is my ancestors, have choked and drained for their own use. Right.
0: Yeah. So, wow, GDI, you got a. I love you. You got a powerful <laughs> podcast this time, and and thank you, thank you, thank you a lot, Courtney. I mean, like we've. We really dug in today and um, brought a lot of things to light that are taboo topics to discuss, and it's it's a big deal for you to come raw and 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 ready to um, to uncover and and bring teachings and grounded perspective for women that may be wondering or beginning to question or starting to go, well, how many times am I going to beat up a brown person online or at the store? Or, Mm. you know, is that starting to look at their their verbiage is was that a microaggression or could I be racist? And and maybe mm-hmm. starting to question- the, question the answer
1: is yes. The answer is yes. <laughs> so that's what I that's what I'm trying like but not <laughs> but, but recognizing that, that a white with a white person
0: can be racist, but a person that's B I P O C cannot because right, that because
1: there's that level of power. Right. Re- reverse racism. Doesn't it exist, right. right? Right, right, because there's no power involved in that. Exactly. But I think that if the first step is to recognize that, in, particularly look at your how you were raised and what you were learned about, and you don't have to look at it negatively necessarily, but look at it with a real lens. Mm-hmm. You need to look at it negatively. I didn't mean to say that. Absolutely, look at it negatively. Be a harsh critic of how you were raised, because and then and then really look at it. And then be honest with yourself and say, I was developed into racism. I was, I was designed, by design, my system made my brain a racist brain. It just is. But it doesn't mean that when you're an adult and you can stand up on your own two fucking feet, mm. that you still look at your brain and leave it that way. Don't leave it that way. Wow. Listen to Tanya. Listen to this global deep. I mean, seriously. You're doing amazing things and the stuff that you post and the things that you experience. As a woman, when I hear the things that you're experiencing... It is gut-wrenching, and all I want to do, Tanya, is stand in between you and that asshole and get in their face for you, and if I lived anywhere near you and you would allow me to do that, I would, <laughs> <laughs> because I, I am not going to let that racist brain be my brain anymore, wow. and I'm going to dismantle that as much as possible out of and with empathy because I believe in women like me and I know what they grew up with and I know how hard it is. But I I also know how important it is by listening to wonderful people like you. So yeah. thank you for allowing me to be in this space. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this podcast. I, um, I'm always going to be honest and open. I don't believe in anything else. If people don't like what I am saying, it's probably because it's true and that sucks.
0: Mm. The truth sucks. Yeah, it's difficult to it's difficult to reconcile for sure.
1: Yeah, you know, but smart people have been telling us for a lot longer than it took me to pick up the message, but I've got it now and I'm running with it and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to share what you and others like you and your wonderful members of your group are are doing. I just um, I believe in everything you're doing. If there's ever anything you can think that I can do to help, let me know. I'll be happy to be honest and open about my other. Ex- I've got I got a ton of of stuff, and things that I've experienced as a white person, uh, and and you gotta you gotta own those experiences. You gotta look at that Confederate flag you had on your wall at 19 and say that's that's it. That was it and now take it down and Mm. so south carolina north carolina georgia texas tennessee y'all take them down too Mm. do it it's not okay it never was and i just i just hope that we get the message before it's too late me too i mean the the group
0: is definitely a team effort we've got we've got an amazing group of mods and admins and and the members yeah, you do. the members are are I mean I I feel honored to be a part of that, the I feel honored to be a part of that group I mean um every day I learn something new from someone or somebody posts something and I'm like oh my goodness or uh, in a thread where personal experiences are shared and it's this deep healing that happens in front of everybody and maybe a few days later somebody will go back to that thread and check on the people. I, I've mm. never seen anything like it anywhere in in a forum like that where people are so raw and and can be so brutal and on the other hand are like, hey, I know that was brutal. How you doing today? Mm. That's beautiful and that's and that's kind of like the vibe there and it, it's it's such an honor to be a part of it and to see its growth and to, um, to witness the movement that it's created in its existence and how how um, how people have been responding and growing and it's to me it's miraculous to, um, to witness, so thank you for appreciating it. I'm I humbly agree that it it's it's an amazing group, and the work that people put into it is um, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I I bow down, I bow down to it. I'm like yo, <laughs> I'm
1: just I'm just here. <laughs> Yeah. I'm just <laughs> I'm just here. <laughs> well you know? you're um, you're amazing. You're here and amazing. So. so and everybody else is too. You're absolutely right. Your whole the whole group. Yeah. It's just um it's really stunning and I I hope that um I hope that uh if anyone has any if anybody has any questions for me, like or if they're mad at me or if they're <laughs> if I've done something, if I've said anything I'm open to hearing it. If I've said something that offended someone today, I want to know, and I'm not—I don't want to know so I can yell at you and tell you that I'm right. I want to know so that I can not do it again. Bam. That's the big learn. Like I don't want to—I want to learn, and it's a—it. Not everybody has to teach me, right? Mm. Like it's my responsibility to learn, and that's what I'm trying to do. But if in that growth I make mistakes, if anyone wants to call me out on those mistakes, I am happy. I'm here to hear them because, and you don't have to put on kid gloves. Just tell me, right? Like it's okay. I can take it. Cause it's not about me. It's about our, it's about it's the about work. everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is
0: really amazing because that's a good segue because for, you know, for any questions that anyone any listener has or uh, any eavesdropping drop-in listener has <laughs> <for> the podcast <laughs> or you know suggestions for future podcasts. Um, please share to the Global Decolonization Initiative Facebook group um, GDI rise up on Twitter or by email GDI rise up at gmail.com and we'll answer them in the upcoming podcast. Uh, Is there any, is there any, uh, wisdoms you'd like to share before we, before we wrap it up? Uh,
1: yeah. If you were born white, it was not because you were clandestine to be great. (laughs) 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 You're just... Just like everybody else, people. Just the system was set up to fail everyone else for your benefit. So wow. see it, change it, because uh, it's bullshit, and you know it. That's it.
0: Wow. Well, thank you, Courtney.
1: Thank I you. love you. I wish I love could hug you. If I come to visit my cousin in Asheville, I'm coming to see you. You do it's that. You do that. I hope that you... Of course, only if you will have me. Oh, I would be honored. That would be great. And I want to go to that restaurant where the guy served the family the white family in front of the brown skin man I want to go to that restaurant uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no you don't want to go or there. wherever
1: it is I don't I don't want to go I don't want to give him any money I don't want to give any money I just want to go I I, I want to sit in and, and you you tell me where to go where I can witness the most uh the <laughs> most stuff that I can that I can stand up against I think my hometown is probably a good place to start. Yeah, I think so. I'm ready. I'm we're in. I'm in. I'm here with you. I'm in the fight with you. I'm learning from you and I'm very, very grateful for you. So thank you. Thank, thank you. thank you so much. And thank
0: you listeners for listening and supporting and continuing to rise up. And like my grandpa used to say, I'll see you when I see you. And if I don't see you, I'll see ya. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you, Courtney.